It's way cooler when you have a band actually behind you. But hey, that'll do great. Thank you so much, really. It's, it's, such, it's such a blessing to be able to share songs. And Cam knows as a musician when you sing a song from your heart that just wells up and the next thing you find yourself writing it on, on a page of music, um, whether it's in a notebook or whether it's in a, in a computer, and then just to see songs come to life that, have, that are your heart's cry. And so um, I was able to release this, this album, an EP Worship and Justice album, because of Mel and I's heart uh, for this ministry that we partner with of Compassion. We don't work for Compassion, but we have the opportunity every time to, as we share our music and ministry and leading worship like this morning to be able to represent this ministry that we personally love so much and have chosen to partner with because of the difference that they're making in children's lives and families' lives around this world in 25 countries. And so that's what I'm here today to share with you, what God is doing. And so just a little bit about me real quick here. Um, my family is, uh, is here with me today. I'm not, on the, not with me, but on the screen. And maybe watching because they said they heard that it was 11 o'clock live. So that's great. Hi, Melanie and the kids. And Sadie, Joe, and Isaac. So that's my beautiful wife, Melanie, and Sadie, Joe, and Isaac. Aren't they cute? Come on, say it. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks. And uh, they're wonderful. And Melanie and I, as parents, um, we have been able to uh, raise, uh, beginning to raise these children for Jesus. And these kids are precious because they are both adopted from birth. And uh, I won't get into that story this morning, but it's amazing how God has worked uh, in our family's life as we couldn't have any of our own biologically. And so God has given us these precious kids. And the uh, crazy thing is how much they look like each other. People always say that. And that was in the fall. But uh, let me just pray for us this morning as we get started. Jesus, I'm so thankful for your, your presence here. You are here. And Jesus, I'm thankful for this body, these brothers and sisters of mine. God, as, as I speak what you want me to say this morning, Jesus, would you allow me to share your heart? Um, God, get the cross in front of me. And Jesus, may, may you open the hearts of your, your children um, to respond and to hear and how they can be involved in this ministry. Have compassion. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, children are such a gift from the Lord, aren't they? It is such a joy as a dad to be able to uh, be a father to my kids and to, to hear my little girl and my little boy call me daddy and for me to be able to call them my daughter and my son. And uh, Scripture is full of Scripture references where it talks about God's heart for the, for the adoption and how we, as God's children, once we come into a relationship with Jesus, we, are his, uh, we, we have his inheritance, don't we? We have the inheritance of Jesus Christ. He says, I no longer call you slaves or orphans, but you are now sons and daughters, which is a beautiful picture of the gospel, which is why Melanie and I love this ministry so much. And... Uh, to be able to raise these kids, Melanie and I have realized to fulfill our dream as parents, uh, we realize that they are called to be world changers themselves and that God's given us a very short time with our kids to raise them to be world changers. Very short time. We're really, we're just their earthly guardians. We are their earthly parents that love them for Jesus and show them how to be world changers, to change our world every day. Um, I'm going to get super spiritual here for a moment and ask this question. How many have heard of Dr. Seuss? <laughs> Dr. Seuss has a quote that I came across and I felt it was so fitting with where I was going with my sharing this morning. 
it says this to the world to the world you may be just one person but to one person you may be the world to the world you may be just one person but to one person you may be the world that is a really amazing statement and quote to make the fact that we can actually have an influence on someone else's life and be the world to them maybe you've already been the world to somebody to your kids to uh maybe a big brother program who knows maybe a a child in the ministry here in your kids ministry man folks this church is busting with kids and i can only see this church is is uh, the presence of jesus is here and it's only going to continue to grow as god's church grows because god's church is going out into the community and uh you're supporting the work of what pastor kevin and his team are doing they're they're wanting to build you up so that you can go into this world and share jesus and so we believe that we're called to be uh called to raise our kids to be world changers and so even though i'm constantly reminded of the fact that i'm fumbling my way through fatherhood i'm thankful that despite those feelings like failing at times i'm so thankful for the little moments that remind me that i might be doing something right and i want to share a story that one night recently we were at the table uh with my little girl Sadie Joe and she turned to me and she said daddy out of the blue you're the bestest daddy in the whole world and i was like wow thank you and then i went wait a minute what does she want and so i i was like where's the cookies or you know ice cream and so i said okay Sadie Joe what 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 awards me the bestest daddy in the world and she just said daddy i love our quality time and how we do our daddy daughter dates and it was so cool to, in that moment to realize that the time we spend together um when i was flying more and and experiencing traveling and not always being home on the weekends i would try to take her out on a daddy daughter date and we would just spend time together doing what she wants to do and talking about things she loves to talk about and man oh man she can talk my ear off and uh, she's a talker but man like when she said that i was just like okay maybe i'm doing something right but you know something that we realized even when i read this quote to the world you may be just one person but to one person you may be the world realize that maybe as even as much as we treasure our kids um we realize that god god is is changing um their world and changing ours one child at a time and so uh, there's a there's a passage of scripture that we all know we're called to do as as the church it's matthew 28:19 to 20 which says go right as you're going into the world teach the gospel train others and raise them up to be followers of jesus and so we we've known this verse and even though we treasure our kids so much we remember that in Matthew 6 Jesus says even as we think about things that i used to be caring so much about maybe it was in my music ministry maybe it was gear having the best guitar having the best whatever sound system and microphone it doesn't matter Jesus reminds us that it's all about people and what he wants to do in people's lives and he says Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where what rust and moth destroy and where thieves break in and steal but Jesus says in the red letter store up for yourselves treasures where in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and and steal for where your treasure is there your yeah there your heart is Man, I had read that verse so many times and then suddenly something happened to me and I'll never forget the moment when everything changed. 
in our in our family's life and for my life. And the moment that I realized that despite all the wealth and the success and the privileges that I have access to and my family has access to, I took account for my own life and I was the one in spiritual poverty. And I couldn't put this on my wife. I, I had to realize this myself. And I realized, like, I had always had a big heart and I was wanting to make a difference and always felt like, you know, maybe I have to go and do this big thing. And always was thinking it was big. It always had to be big, big, big. Didn't realize that God can use me in the littlest ways and use you in the littlest ways to make a difference in the life of one person just by being obedient to that one thing that God has. And so I had read scripture verses that talks about, you know, First John, for anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, it says, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. So I used to do a lot of this, a lot of talking and a lot of, you know, not walking the walk, but saying well, someone else will do it. Someone else will give. Someone else will go. And then my wife and I were invited on a trip and it wrecked me. Watch out. This is what I said to him earlier in the first service. I said it wrecked me when it, everything changed. And my wife and I had the opportunity and I've been on several missions trips before. And I had first one was when I was living in Nova Scotia and we got to go to Mississauga and it was, you know, out of province, you know, I was comfortable, man. I went to Chirana. It was great. And uh, I was like, this is great. This is what missions is. Uh, sign me up. Get to go to the Blue Jays games. And so I got invited by compassion. My wife and I, we were on staff at a church and we had the opportunity to go to one of these countries where compassion serving in 25 different countries, 7,000 churches they're partnering with, serving the poorest of the poor, families and children who are living in extreme poverty, earning less than $2 a day. And it was here that Jesus began to give Melanie and I and myself eyes to see ourselves and others the way that Jesus does. And now you say, well, Will, this is your story. But listen, I was in your shoes, and maybe, maybe you go, and you've, maybe you've arrived at where I am now in, this, in the mindset and the shifting. But I really wrestled with how Jesus sees um, others and how I can be a part of that. But it gave me a whole new perspective on the verse in Matthew 9, 36, when it says that Jesus saw them. It was the crowd. Jesus himself, the, the very Jesus that we serve this morning, the very Jesus we're singing to, the Jesus we're praying to, the Jesus we worship and we, we adore. Jesus in Matthew 9, it says this, when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd this was our story uh of our little boy and we were getting ready to go and meet our little boy in in dominican republic and we sponsored him and just like this we went on it was a compassion event and the tables were there and i sponsored this little boy not thinking i'd be able to have a big influence in his life then getting the opportunity to know that i was going on this trip to go and getting the chance to meet him. And I'll never forget this day as we pulled up in the bus, and it was an unbearably hot and sticky day. I'm like, of all days, why? And it was a hot, sticky day, and we got off this bus, as a whole bunch of us, and we were greeted by kids peering all around the gates and the, the entire 
um, church that was there that partners with this compassion ministry. They were there, and these kids were excited that we had all come. And this short little man comes up to us and greets us as we come up to the gate. And he welcomes us and gives us a hug and says, come in. Come in, and I want to give you fresh, cold water and a meal. And we came in, and as a team, we got to enjoy a meal and refreshments. And that was an amazing experience because we got to see after the lunch all these kids performing um, incredible things on stage. One little girl, six years old, leading worship, singing from her heart to Jesus, leading us in worship. And a little boy, nine years old, was playing drums. And I was, like, moved in my heart, like, something's up with these kids. What's going on? And I knew Jesus was there. I could feel Jesus there. And this church, um, just a normal church out in the way out of the city, had partnered with Compassion. And Compassion had come alongside of this pastor and the team. And they had great leadership. And they had incredible ministry growth. And they saw a church, if it was like this here, just growing. And I'll never forget... When we left the program and all this stuff, I was so excited to go see our little boy. And we made our way down up, or up this dusty trail. It was so dusty, and there was sewage water spilling into the streets, and there was trash. You, you guys have heard the stories before, and you can imagine it. And, and dogs nipping at us and barking and, until we finally reached Abe and Acell's home. And without a notice, this little boy, 100 pounds, Soaking wet comes running out of his house and runs into our arms in the street while we were still in the street And holds on to us when he saw us with a bear hug so tight I thought he was going to break my wife's little ribs This little boy was just so excited we had come And tears filled his eyes as he saw his compassion sponsors that had come and we're not the heroes in this story I want you to understand something, but we were so overjoyed how compassion made this easy for us to meet our little boy and to be able to go to the, this compassion center where they partner with the church. And so this little boy invited us into his home. And so my wife, this is our little boy here, Eben Acel, and we got invited into their home, and uh, it was beautiful. It was so small. And as Eben Acel invited us in, as we were coming in, he just said, I may have a small home, but my God is very big. And it just blessed my heart because I realized this little boy who God had touched his life and gotten a hold of him. And I wanted to hear his story. So we heard his story. And for sake of time, I'll say this this morning. This little boy had his father walk out on him and his whole, his, his whole family, including their grandmother, their aging grandmother, and um, their mother that's there on the couch beside my wife. And that's little Abe Nacelle in the red and white. And... Um, we heard how his, how his father had walked out on him and his entire family. And they had abandoned him and had left little Eben Acel with the weight on his shoulders and feeling like he needed to do something. He needed to provide for his family. And so the lies of poverty began to speak to this family and to this little boy's heart with demonic-like strength that speaks to their hearts that says, You're worthless that told Eben Acel that he was trash, that he was never going to amount to anything, that he was no good, and he's not worth anything. See, the thing I learned is, is that poverty in these cultures, it's not about a lack of money. It's actually about a lack of hope. And in their case, it's not just about lack of money, but it's with little hope. It's hopelessness. Because they can't see a way out. And the lies that started in the, the Garden of Eden, when that devil 
who was in the in the form of a ser- of a snake deceived Adam and Eve and said, "If you eat of this one tree, who will it become like?" God. He said, "You'll become like God." And so from that time on, the sin of humanity has continued on, and so we see that this has trickled down into our culture, and the greed has gripped our hearts as human beings, and we we have we have missed it. So for years, I thought that throwing money at things fixed the problem. I thought if only Bill Gates would throw like a million dollars at like Uganda and something or Ethiopia, it would fix the problem. How many have thought that at one time as a kid? Come on. Yep. Well, listen, that's not the case because I'm learning even more and more that it's the hands and feet of Jesus that makes the difference. It's you, the church. It's you that makes the difference in your own community and in your city and your workplaces and your schools. And, and we miss the boat. We miss the boat entirely when we miss Jesus because Jesus changes everything in us and then we allow his spirit to work in us to be able to move in the the people that are around us and when we respond in obedience to Jesus he then begins to shape us and mold us and take us into areas that we had never imagined before and that's what happened to us with this little boy he believed that there was a God of love but he didn't think this God loved him or else God would step in and do something they wondered how much their family could actually hold on, feeling like they had been knocked down, the kind of knock that leaves them feeling helpless and hopeless, like dreams have been shattered. And I'm so thankful to say this morning that in this story of little boy and his family, there was a turn of hope that changed everything. This little boy who was told that nothing mattered and that God didn't see him or love him, one night there was a knock on their door, and not the kind of knock that knocked them down, but a knock that would come and change everything in their family. And this little man was at the door, and he said, Can I come in to your family's house for a moment? Of course they welcomed him in. He was a senior citizen. Hello. <laughs> no, but he was, a, he was a respected man. And he said, I'm, I'm the pastor from just down the way. And he said, can I come in and can I share some things with you? And he sat in their living room and began to tell them things and get information from them and said, I would like to invite you to this program of compassion and come to the school. And we'd like you to be a part of this program. We'd like to get some information. Because no longer, Abenacel and family, will you be struggling with wondering where your next meal is going to come from. And he looked at Ebenezer and realized that the weight was on his shoulders and looked at him as this little boy who had used to watch his friends walk off to school because he couldn't afford to go to school anymore because school in these countries costs money. So little Ebenezer would watch his friends go to school. And this man looked at him and he said, Ebenezer directly and said, God sees you. God loves you. God has a hope and a purpose and a plan for your life. This little boy that felt like God didn't see him or love him was invited with his family to come to the church and folks, their aging grandmother even, the entire family gave their lives to Jesus Christ because of the gospel in this church being preached. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's, what, that's what missions really is all about. It's when, when we can be a part of the gospel in someone's life. And so um, this pastor who said that God sees him, everything changed. And there was the moment that this family began to realize that something was happening. And tears filled my eyes as I sat in their home. 
and listen to their story and listen to how they gave their lives to Jesus Christ and uh, realize that even this grandmother here, she, she said, can I, can I read scripture? Can I, can I read a verse? And she began to read the Bible in her language over her kids that she continued to read over her children because she believed in her heart now that God does bring hope because of Jesus Christ. And she brought this hope of, of the, to the family of reading the scriptures. So we, we, cop, we captured this moment on camera. And then my wife and I were on the beach and just seeing this little boy that we got to hang out with, little Ibn Asel, um, we got to spend the whole day with our little guy. It was awesome. We, we had lunch and we had dinner and we got to hang out at the beach. I want you to watch a video really quickly um, of this little boy sitting on the beach after his life has been changed by Jesus. Watch this video as you watch this little boy who said, can I sing a worship song? And we captured it on, foot, on footage. cool so like I'm, I'm, I'm as i'm standing here this morning i'm realizing like i know this is my story our story with our little boy but this is just one chill child that is made that is that, it, that god has allowed us to be a part of his life um melanie and i and, uh, and our family to be able to write to him and we have three other children as well that we sponsor and for us it's a very small sacrifice for melanie and i uh, we're not on salary anymore like we were and when we left the ministry of, of being in a church full-time that we love. We love the church. This is why we love compassion, because we see that compassion sees that they are not just about physical, but they are a child evangelism ministry that is meeting the spiritual and physical needs of children, one child at a time. And so this, is, this could maybe be your story, and maybe it is your story this morning. Maybe you've already met a child, and I don't know this yet, your children. Um, really cool this morning because we have a very special guest with Mizpah. Well, I know we're guests, but <laughs> I feel at home with you. Um, but Mizpah and her husband, Rennie, they're here. They're at the back right here. And, and Mizpah, wave, she was in the Philippines, a part of the Compassion Program. She can tell the story better than I could. Because she was that face of a child that someone sponsored. And now look at her today. She's serving in the church, and she's here with us. And this is cool because this is my first Compassion uh, event that I've been able to do in Sunday morning where I got to share this with an alumni that graduated from the compassion program at goosebumps right now It's awesome. She's an amazing woman and so is her husband So I had a chance in between the service to connect with them Compassion sees that they are all about the ministry of reaching kids child evangelism and physically meeting their needs um, There's brochures here that that will tell a little bit more about it than I could but here's what I want to say first thing uh, the first, there's three key, core C's that they that they adopt have adopted, and their core values is that they are Christ-centered. It is all about Jesus. It is all about the gospel. They are all about fulfilling the Great Commission. Every child in their community, given the opportunity to hear the glorious hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how many noticed the compassion table on your way in with the children there? 
um, right on. There's, there's a table just right there with those kids on it. I have a little boy here. His name's Caesar, just to kind of show you what it looks like. And so this little boy, he's from Guatemala because um, there's churches all around this region that are partnering with Guatemala, which is awesome. And Pastor um, Kevin and, and their team is looking to go. Maybe you could have the opportunity to go. But you don't have to go this morning. You can be a part of what God is doing because here's the reality. They say that based on statistics, folks, I can confidently tell you this morning that the majority of these kids that once they are sponsored and they are coming into these Compassion Center programs, they will come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Statistics have proven this already only because compassion believes that it's all about Jesus. And so they give them a Bible of their very own. And Abenasal was given a Bible. This is, what I, this is the foremost thing I'll say. This is missions right here. We're going to share heaven with these kids. And so they believe they are all about releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. The second thing is that they are all about the church. Four to five hundred kids. Yeah, it says they um, come to Christ every day. This is one of the statistics that they've run through the ministry of the church, partnering in 25 countries with 7,000 churches. The second thing is that they are church-based, so they only operate out of the church. Now you say, why not a business or whatever? Well, that's okay, but business people and other, other people, folks, come to the church in these churches in the, in the developing countries, and they partner. And so they believe that the most powerful force isn't a government or a corporation. The, gov- the most powerful force on the face of the earth is Jesus Christ working in and through the body of Christ, his plan A to reach this world for Jesus. We are not his plan B. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. Yes. It's, as a result, we get to be a part of this great work that we're doing, and we are the church. We are, we are not, it's not just the building that runs a program. You are the church. I'm the church. Third thing is that they are child-focused. They're three C's. And we love that they believe they're all about um, the ministry of evangelism and meeting these kids. It's, if you could sum it up in one phrase, it would be holistic child development, meeting their needs in teaching, discipleship, formal and non-formal education, health care, hygiene, training, supplementary food, personal attention, guidance, and love. And most importantly, a Bible of their very own and the very gospel of Jesus Christ. And this means that they don't simply respond to a child's needs by handing out food, but they seek to develop these kids. And so the biggest thing I can say today about this ministry that we love so much is the fact that although we've been able to invest a little in the ministry of compassion, little did we know how much it was going to minister to us. Dr. Seuss said, to the world you may be just one person, but to one person you may be the world, and we're seeing that. And our, we get to be a part of this child's life. And our, our four children that we, that we um, have adopted, not adopted, but sponsored by, by just giving our, our money and our time and investment. You, so, you see, we learned early on that the best sponsors don't just give um, a money by sponsoring for $41 a month. The best sponsors give themselves. They give their time, their energy to write to these kids and remind them. And Al knows this and Mizpah as she's been written to by her sponsors over the years, saying that, yes, we love you and we're praying for you. And so I get to pray for my little boy, and as a result, he's even praying for me today because he told me he's praying for my ministry. Incredible, this kid, like how 
he's making a difference even in his own community and being a part of his church. And so we saw that the God stepped in and has done something here, and we are that plan A, and God's heart is big for these kids. And so um, I'm going to get ready to wrap up, but I have a video I want you to watch this morning. It's about three and a half hours long, so just get comfortable. No, it's just three, it's just three minutes. Um, but watch this video, and this is another story of a little boy named Richmond. His story is probably like many of those kids that are on the table out there today. And um, folks, you, you've been at places before where they've shared this, and you wonder, um, you know, is the money really going to the, to the ministry? And I felt for years like maybe I could just, you know, support in other ways. And I didn't, I didn't actually step up to the plate until I had a friend challenge me with something. And he said to me these words. He said, Will, do you know that 2,000 times in Scripture... God's heart is mentioned for the poor in justice. God's heart, God's word is mentioned for the poor in justice. And I said, I didn't know that. And I used to pray all the time, say, God, you know, you know, let me pray about it. I want to pray about that first. When I thought about what it would look like to maybe sign up to sponsor a child like, like Caesar or our four, one of our four kids on the screen, um, who we've had the opportunity to meet two of them, Honduras and Dominican, we want to go and meet little Isaac there. He's on the far right, and little Susky on the far left from Haiti. And um, I used to say, let me pray about it first. And he said, it is good to pray about things. But he said, let me ask you a question. If you pray about it and you say, God, is it your will that I should give a small portion of my resources to, to help a child that would help to develop them, to help to encourage them and to be a part of their life god is it your will he goes what do you think he's going to say and it challenged me and it hit me between the eyes and i just went okay this is where it's at i think from my heart i'm realizing that this is god's heart more than my heart i god loves these kids more than i love these kids and so in that moment i just said i need to be a part of whatever god is doing with this and so this is a little story of richmond um just listen to his and then uh, we're going to get ready to close this morning 